Hello and welcome to UK Cowboys Fans TV. I'm Paul and I'm also joined by my fellow compatriot, all from Scotland, Mr. Lon Callan. How are we doing, my friend? Yeah, not too bad. I just hope my internet connection stays stays on long enough for this episode. Yeah, we'll try and make it short. We, I think we did have a special guest, but I think there's been a wee bit of a miscommunication set up. So, um, don't know if we're we are going to have a special guest on the show, but, um, but hey ho, the show must go on. So, as you may as you may know, as you can tell by the title of the video, it's the pregame show against the New York Giants. And yeah, so how are we feeling about this, Lauren? I think, you know, the, the bookies are all saying that we're the underdogs, but I, to be honest, I think A, this is an NFC East game, so anything can happen. But, yeah. You know, I don't think the Giants, yes, the Giants have beaten the Tennessee Titans, who are actually, I think they're missing an AJ Brown. Um, you know, and then they won last weekend as well, but uh, I don't think anything special. They're certainly not, you know, they don't deserve to be one of the, the six remaining unbeaten teams in the NFL at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a weird scenario, especially. I think they're just basically going based on their winning record right now because the Giants right now, obviously they beat the Panthers, and I can't remember who it was they were playing in the home opener, but... The Titans the titans but are they really a proper 2-0 team is that what no. like are, are, like are they really like is statistically looking like their right receiver core have not really caused them much threat or anything like that or etc etc this the main threat seems to be saquon backer but we will touch onto that just shortly so um the let's just kind of jump into the news and updates then um, which I don't think there's really been much besides. Um, let me see here. Uh, let me just get the video popping up. And there we go. Yeah, so the news and updates. Um, I think the only thing we can really report right now is that Jerry Jones came out in the media as Jerry does in Jerry fashion. He really likes to start the part between quarterbacks between Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush and I don't know if anyone else has seen it from home or whatever and that but it's just I don't know about you Lauren but I kind of feel it's just causing more what's the word stirring the part pretty much it's yeah I mean give me your thoughts on it yeah I think you know, he he is just trying to, you know, obviously the more that the, anything that he gets mentioned is obviously brand Cowboys, it's promoting the Cowboys and, you know, it's getting people talking about it on the mainstream. You know, obviously, who was it? Steve Young, I think this week was talking about how, you know, Cooper Rush, that can learn stuff from Cooper Rush because he learned stuff from, who was it, Steve Bono or something like that back mm. in back in the day, you know, so I think I think there is an element of just getting the Cowboys out there and making them still relevant. Um, you know, not not that I think the Cowboys aren't are irrelevant, you know, obviously I think everybody had written us off after week one, but we're back in, you know, with a with a great week two there. Um Yeah. 
But, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, in terms of that week two game against the Bengals, there was so many positives you can take away from that game. But that third quarter and fourth quarter, it was the Bengals did readjust and look to, they they changed their game plan, essentially. And yeah. and they kept us down to three points. And that three points was the most crucial one, which was the winning field goal. So um, if anything, we need to make sure we go into this NFC East game against the Giants and come out guns blazing, make sure that we stamp our authority essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and I think obviously our wide receiver core is boosted by the fact that um, by all accounts, Michael Gallup's going to be playing this game. Um, you know, assuming there's no setbacks in training this week. Yeah, and um, seeing that, another news update is obviously, I don't know if you might have seen that, I think there was a, a minor report that Michael Parsons mispracticed today. I, I could be wrong, but yes. there was a there was a report that came out today that he's mispracticed today. Are you concerned about that, Lon? Not at the moment. Uh, basically, again, I've seen something with Jerry saying that, you know, he has congestion, he's got you know, the beginnings of a cold or something like that, but as yet is tested yeah. negative for coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so as long as it just stays to be a cold, I mean, yeah, he might it might only be 90, 90% of himself, but 90% Micah Parsons is still going to be yeah. enough for, for this Giants offensive line as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, let's, let's dive into the the Giants offense and defense actually well we'll start with our offense first right so let me just get everything updated so guys guys watching at home be sure to leave your comments get your thoughts in let us know what you think be sure to like hit the like button subscribe etc etc it does a word that good but be sure to get your comments because we would like to know what your thoughts are this upcoming game against the New York Giants um do you think we stand a chance do you think Cooper Rush is going to do it do you think Danny Dimes is going to cause any threat we would love to know so get your comments in folks um so yeah the the Cowboys offense so um obviously uh Cooper Rush is now our starting quarterback um scored a couple of touchdowns he was getting the ball moving our offensive line which I thought was the biggest improvement throughout that whole Bengals game um especially a uh, Tyler Bayadish I thought was the biggest improvement overall like yeah his block on Tony Pollard uh, for Tony Pollard to the block on sorry let me rephrase that the block on Eli Apple f- to help Tony Pollard to gain that 47 yard run or screen pass depends how you want to word that but either way he created the pathway up that field and it was beautiful to watch and even just even extending on that play is the inside block from Tyler Smith like yep. he was the one that sealed the linebacker in the inside so uh, even though I'd, I, and your thoughts are exact same as mine in this like Joe Philbin is currently on the hot seat um, for the past two years but it seems that this week he seemed to get things clicking like so yeah i i think you're 100 percent right and i think the the main thing as well that why our offense worked as well is that we didn't have any pre-snap penalties um you know yeah that that was that's i think 
I think all the penalties actually were defensive this this week. And no, hey, I think there were, there was one offensive penalty, and I think that was on Simi Fahoko, and he was the only guy that went offside. But there was nothing on the offensive line. There was yep. no holding penalties. There was no false starts. So the offensive line have drastically improved and turned around significantly. Don't get me wrong, like, I, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Like, I still feel that. A Farniak is still the weakest link, obviously, and there's going to be a dilemma going forward. Like, do we obviously with Conor McGovern coming back, what do we do with the left guard position? Because it's like we know Farniak is going to be fighting for his place, but who's the guy's going to replace him? Are we going to shift Tyler Smith back inside and put Jason Peters in the left tackle, or do we stick McGovern and keep Smith on the outside? Like, what do you think? I've actually seen something today where they were saying that so far Peters has been practicing both at the left guard and the right tackle position. Now, that would suggest that Tyler Smith, they're, they're willing to continue with this, um, at, at least in the short term, they're willing to continue with this to see that, um, you know, see if they, they've basically got a tackle out of this. And, you know, that obviously this is potentially, he maybe is, starring as a tackle as opposed to you know there was questions as to whether he would have won the the starting left guard spot over McGovern anyway in training camp if if Tyron Smith was still playing um so I think I, I agree Farniok is a is the weak link to be honest and maybe that's because you know he is the send he is the backup center he is the yeah. backup guard as well um, yeah, he, you know, he's, pretty, he's pretty much he's pretty much the pawn piece within the offensive line right now, where it used to be Conor McGovern, it used to be him, but it now yeah. seems to be Mark Farniak right now, because um, uh, looking at the stats, he gave up six pressures in that game against the Bengals, which is a bit of concern in the pass protection, although there was some good elements to Farniak's game, he did show some good parts of his run defence, I will say that, but... Yeah. If you were to kind of grade overall the offensive line, like going forward to this um, defense against the Giants, you can't help but feel very confident because right now their defense is not looking great now. Because as of right now, uh, Leonard Williams is currently questionable. Kayvon Tribodeau is still questionable. And their left, left defensive end, uh, Aziz Ujulali, is also questionable. So three of their main starters of their defensive line is very questionable going into this game right now. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, we've got they've got the extra week or extra day to, <coughs> you know, obviously, today's the first day that we actually have to give a practice report on. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the Giants, because we're playing on Monday night. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's talk Thibodeau might be back this week, but I mean, and yeah, we we certainly didn't like the way he had to exit preseason with that injury. It wasn't yeah, a nice block. Yeah, but, um, yeah. By all means, like, despite their rivals and stuff, but you don't want to see a player go down in that fashion. Like the the the, the injury that picked up to him was a horrible, horrible, horrible tackle, and it should have never, it should have never have happened. Essentially, yeah, yeah. But um, but. In the all perspective, though, it does help the Cowboys out um, in terms of because, like, he would have been an absolute threat within 
their defense. So um, yeah, and I mean, if it, with Leonard Williams as well, I mean, if you go back a couple of years, Leonard Williams was an absolute nightmare for us. You know, the last time that we had question marks on the the offensive line, um, you know, he he, I think it was the Giants game towards the end of the season, a couple mm-hmm. of years back, where. You know, every everybody was out injured. We were practically starting second string guys, and um, you know he was constantly in the backfield. So he he is your your true sort of one technique for the Giants, um, the Giants defense. Um, I suppose he's maybe even a nose tackle. I can't remember if there's a three four at the moment or a four three. I think currently just now, yeah, they're they're playing as a free front. So they've got the left defensive end, nose tackle and Dexter Lawrence, and the right defensive end and Leonard Williams, who I would in theory he is really more of a free tech guy and yep. you're using Trebado as your forte. So they're they're kind of running that type of hybrid style switch switch between a three and a four. So um give or take, really. Um, but either way, it's very questionable because I'm looking at the PFF gradings and, and I know a lot of people have a lot of uh, misconceptions when it comes to the uh, PFF and stuff like that, but as of right now, the New York Giants are ranked 26th in their, uh, in their run Dean Fest with a 50.9 grade. Uh, in terms of, like, if you want to compare that to like, the Dallas Cowboys and their run defense, we're ranked 19th. Uh, uh, yes, nineteenth for fifty-five point eight, um, which I think is a bit of a. We can talk about our defense shortly, but anyway. But in terms of the the Giants' defense, they're they're not they seem to be degrading down because they seem to really had a bit of struggle with Baker Mayfield at one point during their game um, with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, with McCaffrey there and stuff like that, so it'd be very interesting to see uh, what Kellen Moore does if we're going to utilize the run game even more this game, um, due yeah. to with their like defensive front with their injuries and stuff like that. So, do you feel like we can maybe expect more of Zeke, and this might be the game for him to reach that 100 yard game and even Paul to even break out as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously. You know, one of the things that was actually quite good about last week's game is that we did stick with the run. Kellner didn't, you know, he he emphasised the run and then built off that. So, that, you know, yes, the, and, you know, obviously the guys are riding high. Things like the, the balls he call on fourth and two, uh, you know, to go to Noah Brown. You've, you've developed Noah Brown. Noah Brown is showing that he can do do something as a as a weapon where obviously when we were talking last week we were saying that you know in week one we had nobody had stepped up to be that number two to give cd lamb some space as well mm-hmm. yeah um we've got that now but i think yes you've got to you know one of the reasons obviously the giants have gone up the last two weeks they'll have gone against derek henry and they'll have gone against christian mccaffrey yeah. Um, you know, they're obviously two big name running backs. I think, you know, McCaffrey's been injured the last couple of years, but um, you know, he's he's probably the equivalent of Zeke. And then we've obviously got Pollard as well, you know. So if we can continue with this sort of thunder and lightning running back uh, tandem that we have, um and then th- throw in a few things like uh, 
Kevontae Turpin on on the end around the jet sweeps, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That should open things up against their front. Yeah, definitely. I'm just looking at the the stats uh, for the Tennessee game. So the Tennessee Titans only managed to get 93 yards rushing overall. So Henry had 82 yards and their backups and even Ryan Tannehill got some yards. But with that, if I go to the, um, a, let me see, get the Carolina game up. Uh, we're looking at uh, the total of 103 yards. So, no, sorry, 146 yards. So Christian McCaffrey had a 102-yard game. So he had a plus 100 game. Baker Mayfield kind of rushed and Deonta Foreman went for two carries with nine yards. So, um, it, and that's kind of why we're seeing that degrade from their defense. But in terms of in terms of the Russian side of things, let's talk about likes of the... Well, before we do that, let's go through some comments, actually. Because um, we've got some comments coming through. So, our good friend Steve Baker Mountford, how are we doing, sir? Um, says, if Micah plays and Cooper plays like he did on Sunday, we're in for a shout. If by Monday, Micah turns out to... Turns out to be out because less likely. I tend to agree because Micah Parsons is pretty, pretty much the pinnacle point within that defense. He is the heart and soul of that right now. Um, uh, Andrew comes in. Daniel Jones is terrible. Rush might be the better quarterback. Cowboys to win a low scoring one. I can't help but agree with that. It's I I totally agree with that. Like if and we were just me and Lauren were talking about this just before. Uh, we went live. It's like I would rather have Cooper Rush than I would Danny Dimes, easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. obviously the our good friend Chris Cowboy Chris. Uh, he was taught. He's also referring to Micah Parsons with the cold. Uh, Elizabeth Richardson coming in. Cooper is a good quarterback. Just needs to warm up a little bit quicker. He has a rifle for him arm, but he rushes at times. Rush can get it done. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Like, especially against the Giants. I don't see why not. Um, then also we've got our good friend Joe from Italy. Buonasera, signore. Uh, I think that's how you say it. I do apologize yeah. if I didn't say that, wrong, <laughs> say that correctly, Joe. But uh, thank you again for swinging by. Uh, I believe the winner of this game will be the team that can run the ball better because both teams have bad passing QB. So we've got a wee bit of conflict of and like conflict of opinions when it comes to the quarterback position here in the comments. What do you think, Lauren? Like, do you think Cooper Rush is a good quarterback? Or I th- I think he obviously he's better he's better than a lot of people have given him credit for. I mean, you don't get to be a two and starter. You know, even as a backup, you don't get to be a two and starter in this league unless you got some capabilities. Um, I think um, you know the, the the one thing that he's got on his side is he knows that you know the worst that's going to happen is that comes back and he gets benched. So um, you know he he's playing with a with a little less fear than most other people probably do, mm-hmm. um, particularly if you're the starting quarterback. Um, and I think you saw that in some of the throws. I mean, obviously there were throws that he made last week that. You know, Dak had made in the first game, got picked off or broke passes broken up by the Buccaneers, but Cooper Rush wasn't wasn't afraid to go for that same throw. 
Um, you know, and obviously nothing true terrible went happen last week. The the only turnover we had was Dalton Schultz after he got tackled, fumbled the ball. Um, you know, and that's the only turnover we gave up last week. Um I thought they were very clever. They were keeping Cooper Rush on the run. They they rolled him out a number of times, which, you know, that just gives him buys him a little bit more time. Normally people and it actually gives you the emphasis that, you know, the talk is he's not as mobile as Dak or, you know, Will Greer, the backup, the backup to Cooper Rush. Um, but, you know, it just sh- just shows that there is an element that he can get outside, make, take, take a three-yard run. There was a couple of times where he, you know, he there was nothing there. He could have gone, could have checked down or whatever, but he decided to take the safe three-yard run. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at least keep the sticks moving, which, you know, this is go back to what Bill Parcells said, you know, he is a bus driver and, you know, you rely on your, you rely on your weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and again, this kind of goes back to the credit of the offensive line as well. Like, like they should like overall, they all showed much improvement. Like we mentioned before, there was zero penalties on holding zero penalties on off uh, or uh, false starts. So, of keeping that momentum going into this week against the Giants and MetLife Stadium on Monday Night Football, like you can't help but feel that a little bit more positive, despite that Dak Prescott is out right now. But even still, it's like even with the backup quarterback and Cooper Rush, I still feel confident that he can still put points on the board more so than Danny Dimes. Like so. Um, but I'm just looking at the defensive stats. Like I said, we'll, we'll move on to the defense shortly. But I'm just looking at their stats right now. So they've only got a total of three sacks um, on their defense, mostly coming from their linebackers and safety. Um, I don't know how you would pronounce his name. O'Shane is I don't know how you pronounce his name. I do apologize. <laughs> then there's Tamon Fox and Julian Love. Those are the three guys I've managed to pick up sacks. There's no player in that defensive line I've actually contributed to anything in terms of pass, uh, like um, QB hits or anything like that. So for the offensive line, this is a bit of a good positive uh, for pass protection. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly, you know, I don't rate the Giants pass rush. You know, it's, it's certainly not like the years gone by where you had OCU, Minotaur, JPP, all that sort of thing. Um, you know, t- now if Thibodeau is playing, maybe you see something from Thibodeau that earned him the fifth. Well, that's the, the, that's, the, that's, the, the qu- that's the question, though, Lawrence. Like, if Thibodeau does play, right, for your right, how, what percentage is he going to be fit? Like, is he going to be at, like, 100% cave on Thibodeau, or is he going to be, like, me- like just is still suffering from that injury and we're just putting him the, the Giants are just putting him in there just because like like if I was the Giants I wouldn't risk it I wouldn't risk losing out like putting your star defensive player from the this year's draft and potentially cause him to pick up more further injuries so I don't know if, like I'm probably much more conservative in terms of player protection than most yep. people out there but, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think, yeah, it just depends on how Brian Dable wants to to manage the team. If he's if 
you know, if he's concerned about getting the results or whatever, you know, then yeah, he'll throw Thibodeau out there. Um, I think if, you know, if you are going to play him, you'll play him periodically, you'll situational pass rusher or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you'll see him playing 90, 95% worth of the snaps. Um, they'll use him sparingly to start off with. Um, and just, you know, try and get him blooded, if nothing else, into this game as well, so that, you know, they can build on it in in the forthcoming weeks. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they use him. I, I, As with you, I'd rather the guy was 100% uh, rather than you come back in, you know, There'll be there'll be an element of mental as well that he'll be looking for people coming down to to go low on him as well. You know, obviously that'll be in the forefront of his mind as well. Um, so anything anything that you know worries out there, the more he'll be worrying about it, and obviously that'll play into our hands. So I think if I was Dable, I would hold him out. And sort of only use them sparingly. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. If, if I was in their shoes, I'd be like, yeah, I would kind of use utilize Tripodo if really, really, really necessary. Like, but I still don't think he's going to cause much threat because of the injury that he's picked up. I think he's still in recovery, really, pretty much. But, um, but the. Let's just go back to a couple of more comments before we move on to our defense uh, and, and saying that actually. Uh, so, Joe, um, no, it wasn't Joe. So, Valenti's already put his score prediction in. Uh, big shout to Andrew Valenti, who's always been a big man. He's always been part of the UK Cowboys fans for a long, long time. Good to see you. He's won for 1917 Cowboys. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game as well. Um, I'm actually, uh, I actually, I'll I'll leave it, but I think actually, I think yeah, we're we'll, gonna... we'll we'll get our store predictions on our fantasy lounge later on, and that and saying yeah. that, I might be a little bit ill prepared for the fantasy football side, so <laughs> bear with me on that, right? Bear with me, folks. Um, uh, so our good friend Benny, good hello, Benny, good to see you again, Benny. Uh, I don't know how you you pronounce Cash Rajon. Please, have I? Do not pronounce your son name correctly. I do apologize. We are, I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah. um, the Cowboys defense is one of the best in the league. Um, yes, you are correct. As as of right now, our pre, uh, past coverage styles were ranked second, right behind the Buffalo Bills. Um, our run defense, which I was quite surprised about, Lauren, we were think we were ranked, uh, let me just double check, we are ranked 19th, yeah. which I thought is a bit of a slap in the face, to be perfectly honest with you, considering we've managed to keep like uh, Joe Mixon under 100 yards. Well, in fact, under 70 yards. And I think Leonard Fournette was under 100 yards as well. I could be wrong, actually. But, but even still, it's like I think our run defense is not getting enough credit yeah, so, I I agree. I agree. I think I think nineteenth is. I, I would say maybe in the twelve to fifteen region would be a fair statement. Yeah, but not nineteenth. Yeah. I would say. No, I th- I think probably again we're 
we're going on the back of the 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 first week against Tampa Bay where you know they were running student body left student body right where they're ending up they're pulling guards left right and center and they're basically focusing in on our defensive backs like Anthony Brown um Trayvon Diggs Trayvon Diggs obviously now has shown that he can tackle um you know like he did in the in the second game there but um Obviously, I think Tampa, they did rack up something like 140 team yards against us um, in week one. Obviously, we brought that down against the the, the Bengals. Um, and I think, you know, we're working our way back up there. I, I think if you'd, if you'd looked at the results at the end of week one, I think we would have been down near the bottom end of the league. Um, but I think, you know, we're slowly working our way back up. So, you know, if we carry on on this trajectory, then, you know, there's there's nothing to say that we won't be top, top, top five, top, top, well, certainly top five in defence this season, um, you know, barring any major injuries, touch wood. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's no energies that pop up. But so anyway, let's uh, can ask. Well, in fact, there was one co- more comment that came in from Joe. He's saying he's not heard anything regards to Dalton Schultz. Never have we, which is a good sign. Um, yeah. So again, touch wood on that. Hopefully, uh, Dalton Schultz will be all good to go because we will need him against the Giants. We will need him for sure because we need that. So, so much security blanket but if i'm being perfectly honest i think noah brown's still gonna be that number one guy because obviously he's had the more experience working with cooper rush they will have that more um relationship compared to like so dak and dalton so i think you will if you're on your fantasy football side expect this i would say expect noah brown to get the ball a lot more yeah yeah i don't I mean, from what I'm hearing, it all depends on how this extra day of rest is. The, there's nothing seriously wrong with him, thankfully, which when you saw him going down and grabbing his knee, um, you know, you thought, oh, my God, this, you know, this is season end, ending, per, perhaps. Um, but, you know, he was back on a couple of plays later, took himself out again. Um, by all accounts, it's a slightly less severe injury to what Zeke had last year. It's the same style of injury. It's the PCL sprain. But, you know, maybe if you, you hold him out of this game, um, there's there's potential that, you know, you'll have him ready back at full fitness week four. Um, so, again, this is maybe one of the reasons, obviously, there's all this talk about we've dropped... Um, Dennis Houston, who we released on Tuesday, is back on the practice squad today. But there's potential there that you might have to bring Sean McKeon up uh, from the practice squad um, because at the moment you're relying on Hendershot and Ferguson. Now, I think they're good, but, um, you know, are they ready for the number one tight end role? I'm not ready to anoint them yet. the, the the question as well, obviously, you know, Dalton is looking at getting a long-term contract, you know, so he won't want to be out for long, um, you know, but at the same time, you, look, how many of these guys are, you know, 
serving their franchise tenders and they're they're trying to make that extra yard. They're trying to get, you know, do what they can to put the tape out there so that they get the extra deal and then they go and they rush themselves back from injury or they play through injury and they actually make the thing worse. So I think he'd be, if we are going to sit him, I'd sit him out this week and then have him back ready for week four. Um, But it all, all depends how this extra day of rest that we have, because it's, you know, if it, if it was Sunday, I believe he'd be, he'd be off. But because it's, because it's Monday, there's a good chance he'll play. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's like I just hope Schultz is all good to go. We hope you're hope you're fit and healthy to go, Dalton. And yeah, so with that being said, let's move on to the defense. So defense. So as you know, Micah Parsons had an absolute stellar of a game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He's now four sacks into the league. I think he's now leading the NFL currently just now in terms of the sacks. Leading the NFL, tied for first with tackles for loss as well, if I'm correct as well. Yeah, and but the interesting thing is, all of the, any other tackles, that's it. He's only like got four tackles in total. That's yep. it, and it's all came from sacks and tackles for loss. That's it. Yep. So... Um, so let me just bring up the banner uh, banners up so we can I can show you. So um, so currently just now our sack leaders right now you've got Micah Parsons with four, Don Armstrong with two, Leighton Vanderish with one, and Dante Fellow Jr. with one. And uh, currently, and this and this is the interesting part is the actual tackle leaders. This is interesting. So Leighton Vanderish with ten, Donovan Wilson with ten. Malik Cooker with nine, Anthony Brown with eight, Anthony Barr with eight, Diggs seven, Demarcus Lawrence with seven, Jordan Lewis with six, Osa Odigizua with five. Then it's Micah Parsons with four. So, like we said, four tackles, four sacks. There's no run defense tackles because they keep running the ball away from Parsons. Yep. And you know who's yep. making up those tackles in terms of that? It's like the Demarcus Lawrence and Osa Odigizua. And the linebackers, yep. they're the ones that filling up that gap. So even though Demarcus Lawrence is not on that list, he's like lower than that, but he is still contributing so much to that team. Um, but here's my question to you, Lauren. It's like, how confident do you feel with our run defense against Saquon Barkley right now? I well, I, I mean, I think Saquon Barkley we've managed to keep in check. In, in all the games that we've played him, you know, he, even the year that he was come, the the first two years that he was out in the league, you know, he was setting records against lots of teams. We, I th- seem to remember what was it? One of the games, it was a he had a forty-yard run on the first play, and then something like twenty yards over the next fifteen carries, or something like that. So, um, the Cowboys have managed to keep him under a hundred yards every time we've played him. Um, now, uh, I, th- I think part of that is perhaps our offense has been good enough that at, at points, you know, the Giants have actually had to go away from the run um, and focus on the pass, and that's taken him out of the game. Whether that happens with our offense, um, you know, depends on how our offense plays. But, um, I, yeah, I think we're going to see a steady dose of Saquon Barkley 
But um, I think we've we've got the guys. I'm liking the work that Bahana's put when it's a running down. He's, yeah, he's, I, I, he's um, letting I was the linebackers scrape the ball. So. Yeah. I was just about to say, Quentin Bowana. I don't know if you may have noticed when during that Bengals game, when pretty much um, Joe Burrow was pretty much in his own end zone, like in the it's between the six and eight yard line. Quentin Bohanna was having a field day with Cordell Co- uh, like uh, Cordell Folsen, the, the left guard for the Bengals. He was having a field day. He was getting into the right position, and he actually forced Joe Mixon to go to the outside completely shutting the door in his running gap. So I noticed that it was the same, like, if anything, like, when you, like, the stats don't really tell the true story here. Like, Tristan Howell, Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, and also Dickie Zoa all had a good game, despite looking at the stat sheet. If you go and look and watch the film, they were getting into their gaps. They were complete closing the door for Joe Mixon, closing the door for a uh, Joe Burrow, like and and they forced them had to force them out the pocket. And one of the things was was we had to put pressure in the middle to force them out the pocket, and we did that. And but also more so in this game, it's like they actually had a lot less reps because Dan Quinn. Uh, up to kind of to switch it up to the kind of NASCAR defensive line, which by putting Van der Esch and Micah Parsons in the middle, which was quite bizarre to see. I don't know if you may have noticed that, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I just think you know, obviously we were seeing things. Micah was coming flying around the edge. That was bringing Joe up into the pocket, and then you know, obviously there was pressure right in his face as well. So. This defensive line can do its job. Um, as I say, the 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 run defense I think is getting better. I'm happy with the way the offensive the defensive line is playing. It's allowing the linebackers. It's not letting any, any offensive linemen really get to that second level and get to the the linebackers. So the linebackers are getting it scraped to the ball and and make the tackle on the on the ball carrier. So you know I think. We'll keep Saquon Barkley. I I would even go ahead and say that Saquon Barkley won't get 100 yards this game. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of feeling that confidence about that myself, to be honest. Like, especially with our interiors right now. Like, don't get me wrong, we did have a bit of issue during that Buccaneers game where we were struggling to get off our blocks to, at certain points. But there, like, the difference between Tampa's offensive line compared to, like, well, in saying that, Tampa's offensive line were in tatters in terms of the injuries and stuff like that, but they still managed to go out there and perform. Whereas the Bengals, who completely like um, like restructured their offensive line compared to their Super Bowl win, um, which only contained one starter from that game of the Super Bowl, which was uh, Jonah Williams. Like yeah. all the rest of them were new guys, like Lyle Collins. Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and also uh, Cordell Volson, who's the rookie. Um, but in terms of like, we we definitely play to our strengths and we use speed against this offensive line against the Bengals. I don't think that's going to be the case with this game with the Giants. Um, I think it's going to be a more of a, a a battle of one-on-ones in this game when it comes to the defensive line and the offensive line. 
Like I think Demarcus Lawrence is going to have a tougher job ahead of him in more the run defense. And I yep. think Parsons is not going to have a much easier game in this one. Um, I'm just going to check the the Giants uh, injury report if there's anything in regards to the offensive line or the offense right now. So bear with me. Uh, let me see. So currently just now, um, their center, John Villachino, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he's questionable, and the backup center, Nick Gates, is out. So as it stands right now, it's Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredson, Mark Galowinowski, and Evan Neal are the offensive line that are pretty much are expected to play. So you've got Evan Neal, who is an absolute stud. Like, that was one of the top prospects going into this draft this year. And obviously you've got the other first former first round draft pick in Andrew Thomas, which was, I think, was back in 2020, I believe. Um, yeah. So it's a it's regardless what you think about the New York Giants, their offensive line, they've got some good players there. Um, they're there to help provide better running for Saquon. I mean, we've kind of seen that recently with the two games because currently just now, um, Saquon Barkley is on two hundred and thirty-six rushing yards right now from two games. That's yeah. concerning. That's concerning. Like for us as the defense, so um, but guys, give me give me your thoughts. Do you think our running our run defense is going to stop Saquon Barkley? Do you think we're going to isolate him to under 100 yards? Give me your thoughts, get those comments in. We would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, Lauren, um, 236 yards. What do you think? It is concerning, but uh, I mean, I think, um, you know, we we haven't given up a, a big run this season. You know, even obviously we, we've had the talk where the, there was all these uh, outside runs with uh, the the Buccaneers, but um, I think you know that there's an element of rust because none of the the defensive back starters had really played much in the preseason. I think. To be honest, the f- the first game this season is pretty much a write-off. Um, you know, it, it is almost like a preseason game. I think we're getting the, everything's beginning to gel. I think the defense is coming together as well. As long as we've got um, Parsons, we know that, that you know whatever side Parsons lines up on the, the chances are they'll be running to the opposite side, um, and that. That helps Dan Quinn focus who he's who he's going to send on that opposite side to 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 shut down the lanes as well. So, um, as I say, I think we'll hold them in check, yeah. and then you know you're going to then have to force them to to go to their passing game, um, and obviously their passing game we don't they, they they've got talent there. They've, they've spent resources. Now, we've talked about, obviously, yes, Kenny, Galladay, yes. Kenny Galladay. He's, he's, he's quite frustrated at the moment because he's not getting the playing time. Um, yeah, you've got cause... Darius Tony, who was their first-round draft pick last year. He's effectively their fourth, their fourth wide receiver this year. Their team, their, their leading receiver this year is... Richie uh, James. Richie James, and he's 
I think he's only what is it? So only something like 110 yards he's got. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Your spot, your spot on, and not far behind um, him is Sterling Shepard with what 105. So, and to even add to that, in terms of the receiving yards, Saquon Barkley is the third highest with 46. So when you really kind of put things in perspective, their passing game is not particularly that great at all, and it really does make you wonder. It's like how on earth. Is the New York Giants to an O? It really does answer that. It really makes you ponder that question. It's like they're not the best team out there, but somehow they've managed to get the win. And to the the point where, when it comes to our defense, and we did kind of slightly brought this up earlier, is like our passing cover, like our pass coverage defense, is ranked second overall in the NFL. The only team above us. And rightly so, it's the Buffalo Bills because they yep. are looking hot right now. But for us, for like Trevon Diggs and Malik Hooker and everybody else, like they're playing, they're balling. Like, like oh, Diggs, I... like but Diggs in that game against the Bengals, that 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 saving tackle that on T Higgins, that was monumental for the Cowboys in that game. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, even you know, the, I think the only major long pass that we've given up this season has been the the Julio Jones one. And I think Anthony Brown was literally he was a, a fingertip away from knocking that ball away as well. So, you know, and the the touchdown that we gave up by the to the Buccaneers as well. That was uh, that was who was it? It was Godwin. I think had to he he made a hell of a catch. And if if he just try to make an ordinary catch then you know it wouldn't have happened so um it, it's taken some sort of superhuman um attempts to actually get anything against our passing defense um you know obviously a couple of years ago when we had Mike Nolan you were we were leaking like a sieve but you know everything is yeah let's just let's not up. dive into the well, whole yeah, Mike Nolan I, know, just, I, I am I'm still gonna have forever memories of that 2020 season for the rest of my life, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, I know, <laughs> but, I know. It's, it's I know. hard to get rid of. It's very hard to get rid of. Um, so let me just kind of go through more statistics here. So Daniel Jones currently right now under two games is 364 yards with a completion rate of 70.9. And let me see... Uh, He's scored three touchdowns and one interception. And here's the interesting part. He's been sacked eight times in two games. So um, so as a, it's, it's less than Joe Burrow, but still, he's, it's still questionable. Yeah. So I think when it comes to the run defense, that's where the Giants are going to be the strongest. But in terms of the pass defense, I think this is where Parsons... D-Law, maybe even Sam Williams. He will get some more game time in this game because obviously we don't know the condition of Terrell Basham yet, if he's going to return yet. Well, Basham's on IR, so Basham's out for another four weeks, so or before you can even think about activating them. So Sam Williams is going to get his snaps. Um, And uh, you you saw he was was already improving. There was uh, I think there was a tackle for loss he made at the weekend there where um, everybody, the line was moving away from him. He could have gone further down the line, but he stood where he was. Noticed that the 
the the running back was coming back on a counter and obviously came off and made the tackle for loss about five or six yards back in the backfield. That mm-hmm. just shows that he's he's got the the knowledge. Um, it's just a case of putting all the tools together and learning to, when to to deploy whatever moves he needs to do. And I think you know he's been there or thereabouts. He's had a couple of good uh, preseason games as well. I think. He he's beginning to come into stride, so um, as soon as you, that happens, it will help. Do you think, though? Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is Daniel Jones's last year with the Giants. Do you think yep. he's now trying to kind of push out and try and get that, try and get extended, or try and get other teams to think? Because I don't think the Giants are that sold on him, to be perfectly honest. Like going into the future, because it was a Dave Gettleman pick essentially they had better options of better players available in that draft at that time and they decided to go for daniel jones who a lot of people graded them as a sec a late second round or an early third round draft pick so um and this is no disrespect to jones at all but it's just like what people had him graded as um but i i I have to i have to agree i mean i I actually went on record last year at one of the the events that I turned up at that I said that I thought Daniel Jones would actually be the second best QB in uh, New York. Um, I think Zach Wilson was, I think that didn't really play out, but I think there were much of a muchness that, um, you know, Zach Wilson was actually probably the, the, the winningest quarterback in New York, but I don't think the stats were as flashy as, Daniel Jones, but I don't rate Daniel Jones at all, to be honest. Um, I don't. I don't think many of us do, to be perfectly honest. I don't think many of our teams think he's that. Even the Giants fans, I, yeah. I, and I don't really re- like. He's not like. It's really like I'm trying to be not too much of a a douchebag right now about him, like really put him down as this, but. At the same time, you can't help it because he's a giant. <laughs> like that's just me being a cowboy fan, and you know. But he, he doesn't. He's never really presented a threat as such. Anything he does get away with seems to be pure by a stroke of luck. It's no like it's by pure excellence by any means. If that makes yeah. sense. Like it's yeah. not like Tom Brady, who's pretty much a mastermind of the game plan, and he did that against us like he executed our weaknesses even though it wasn't a high scoring game but he used the quick passes to eliminate any um pass rush essentially like the screen passes to like sir um godwin to the to yep. right in the sideline like just get get the ball quickly as soon as possible and that's what killed us in that game really from the defensive side and defensive front um but we're we're daniel jones like he really holds on to the ball quite a fair bit of significant time, time and he pays for the price for it. Yeah, and he's, he, you know, he's he's known as well, if you can get your hands on the ball as well, he's known to cough that ball up if he's, if they're, you know, hit for a strip sack in the backfield or, you know, mm-hmm. he, he goes out and starts to take a run. And then, of course, you've got, he'll, he'll go down and, infamy you know as much as mark sanchez with the butt fumble you know he'll go uh, daniel jones will go down for the 80 yard run where he ended up tripping up himself you know yeah uh, yeah 
you know, he's always going to be known for things like that. So it really seems like if you were to summarize Daniel Jones in one way, he fumbles himself over more than yep. anything. Like fumbling over his own feet, fumbling within the pocket, fumbling within the passes, fumbling within the handoffs to St. Aaron Barkley, and that's happened a few times before. But um, going back to like St. Aaron Barkley, though, I did notice this in his statistic. He has fumbled the ball this season already. Like, I'm not going to put too much emphasis on it, but ball security is prime for this. So, and when you've got guys like uh, Donovan Wilson, who is... Yeah, like like likes likes of him, if he gets down to that area and actually hits Barkley, rest assured he's trying to wrestle his arms and try and punch the ball out. Regardless if it's a tackle or hit, he's still trying to get his fist in there. So yeah, um, but yeah, um, so it's it's very interesting to see like just looking at the statistics, like the wide receivers, right? So. As we mentioned before, Richie James is the, currently the seems to be the main target man right now with 110 yards, zero touchdowns. Shepard, 105 yards with one touchdown. Then it's Barkley with 46. Then there's David Sells, the fifth. Kenny Galladay with 22 yards. Then there's your tight ends and Tanner, Tanner Hudson and Daniel Bellinger. Um, it's not my... Like, just to put this in perspective, in terms of the whole wide receiver core and tight end core, their whole total yards and receiving is 364. Yep. And so I mean, that, when you, when, that's, when you 180 it, yard, that's 180 yards a game. And, you know, and we, yeah. gave, we gave up 199 to Joe Burrow, but then when you take off the sacks that we got off him last week, it was only mm-hmm. 160. I think we can get... I can, if if we can make them throw, then I think we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep them in check because we're just not gonna give up the passes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, it's it's all about how we focus on uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah. I think what what the Giants are doing well, and I, I heard them talking about this on the um, one of the pods this week, is that Brian Dayball is obviously the architect of the what the Buffalo Bills you're seeing with the Buffalo Bills at the moment. Mm-hmm. He's 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 not got the players that he wants. Obviously, with the Giants, he's inherited Dave Gettleman. He's you know, Daniel Jones was signed two coaching staffs ago, if I, if I remember rightly as well. So, um, you know, this is a complete. This is now Daniel Jones's sort of third third um, set of coordinators, um, you know, and third head coach as well. So. Um, you know, the, there's no loyalty to these guys. As soon as they can get rid of them, I think they probably will. And unless Daniel Jones suddenly turns it on, then you know he's he's probably gone, and they're they're looking at starting again next season or bringing somebody else in. Um, and you know, what what they are doing well at the moment is they've got a limit. They're only putting say fifty percent of the playbook that they had. At Buffalo, and but they're running it out of different schemes. So, but the the plays there's only say 75 plays. They're running it out of different formations, but those 75 plays, they're it's almost going back to like the the Vince Lombardi style where you 
you practice those, you try and get, you, you go through it so so much that you're you perform those minuscule number of plays really well, so that um, you know that's your bread and butter, and then you know. <laughs> As and when he gets the players in, you're you're going to see him expand this playbook. But um, uh, w- once you can focus in and see what the keys keys are on all of these formations and what have you, you, you'll be able to pick up what the what the plays are, and um, you know it, that should help us with the diagnosis as well for this defense. Definitely, I, I mean, I, I completely one hundred percent. Like, I, I think for like Dan Quinn and Aiden Dodie, like what they did for their starting for like the Bengals, I think they would just need to do their due diligence in terms of how we're going to make Daniel Jones pretty much screw himself over pretty much. But on that note, um, let's just, we'll just go on just briefly on special teams. Then we'll do our fantasy lounge shows. Obviously we know, uh, Brett money Maher, um, is came out like we came out and won the, the game winner last week against the Bengals, and uh, and he's he's put he's put my opinion of him somewhat on the down level now. Like I'm actually kind of glad. Like he's 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 definitely improved as a kicker, but yep. I still have this little little tick in my brain, like thinking. Okay, we we know you can do the long ranges, but what about the mid ranges? Like short range, it seems to be good. Long range seems yep. to be good, but it's the mid range that you're between the twenty five, like, like the thirties and forty five yards. 30, 30 to forty five yards is a question mark. Um, yeah, and to, now to give him his due, I think. New York is always a hellish place to kick in that stadium. Oh yes, especially in that around, stadium, so and, and and that's one. And are... I'm so glad you brought that up, Lauren. Because yep. if, if anyone knows like where the stadium is situated in New York, that takes in a lot of wind coming into the stadium, and that does play a big massive factor in this game. So, um, but yeah, like like what are your thoughts? You think Brett's going to be okay during this game? I think he is, he maybe is going to struggle because of the wind. Um, you know, he has struggled in the past there, and you know it's it, it's been that the kicks have been on target, and then last second there's a gust. You know, the, the wind has swirled and it's taken it off. He's he's not been wildly inaccurate there, um, so I don't see him being a hundred percent after after this week. But um, I, I have to believe. You know, obviously, with the Saints last year, he was 16 to 18. He'd he'd improved on everything. He spent a bit of time on IR, I think, at the beginning of the season. So obviously, there was maybe something that he'd gone into the season with that was niggling at him, and he managed to get himself right. Mm-hmm. I think he's coming in, and I think he is improved. Um, having said that, and I mean, I saw the video that obviously you put on on our chat. Uh, the other night uh, when you were watching it and you, you did have to sort of take a second glance because it did look like it was edging towards the post. It, I generally thought at first I I didn't even see the ball like when I was actually paying more attention to the officials what they were given yep. when I saw the arms going up the two arms going up to indicate it was good 
that's when I celebrated. I didn't even see the ball where it was. <laughs> then I watched then I watched the replay. I'm like, God, that was close. Yeah. Like I'm like my see when it comes to field goals, I just watched the I, I can't watch the ball. I can't bear it. Like that's how bad I, I get too nervous watching the ball. I'm more interested in seeing what the what the officials do more than anything because at least you know that's more definitive <laughs> like watching what it's either that arms up or it's arms across crossing over saying yeah. no it's not good so but he came through he got the win but here's the next question in regards to special teams and like i said we will go into the fantasy lounge folks and be sure to get your highs and lows when we announce the the scoring for the players for this game against the giants Devante Turpin, do you think he will actually get his first special teams touchdown? I think it's possible. I think, again, you know, we've talked there again that um, the wind plays a factor now. That can mean that, you know, it looks like it's coming down. It looks like it's coming down in the goal line in the last second. It bounces on the five-yard line. Um, but, I mean... In games past, I mean, when we've gone up there, we've had, when we had Dwayne Harris, you know, he, he got a lot of touchdowns there. And that equally, when we played him, he got, uh, when he defected to the Giants as well, I mean, he got a couple of touchdowns against That's us right. as well. So um, I think the Giants stadium, I think if you actually look at it, I think the Giants stadium is a location where a lot of special teams touchdowns actually happen. Yeah. Um, I, I across the yeah. league, it'd, it'd be interesting to see that if somebody actually has kept a stat on that. Um, but uh, I, th I think you were seeing him, um, you know, he, there was a couple of fantastic returns there at the weekend against the, the Bengals that, um, you know, he, he got us into that field position, both for the, the field goal at the end of the first half and the field goal to win the game as well. It was his returns that got us into position so that we could kick the ball late on as well. So um, I think 100% that, you know, um, the, the, you know he, he's just beginning to hit form and it's going to get to the point where teams are going to end up kicking away from him. But, um, you know, obviously the preseason game set a marker and I think it's just a case he's got to, he's got to follow that up and um, b before it really truly sets a w the alarm bells going off around the league, that he is a dangerous return man. Yeah, I totally, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I, I will say this, I don't know if it might be this game, but I think I will say Turpin will get a special teams touchdown, I reckon. And yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I saw really what got to say now, but... But finally, can, I just bring up, can I just bring up this point here from Elizabeth? Yeah, sure. She's saying that we should have kept Greg Zerline. Um, have you seen his stats for this season? He's already missed it. Week one, he missed an extra point and he missed a field goal. I, you know, I, I would quite happily stick with my yeah, like, money bar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think with in terms of the, the money and stuff like that, in that perspective, I'm kind of... I, I was kind of more in favour of Kai Forbath more than Greg Sirline when they're, when we had both of them on the roster. Yep. Like, because yep. we paid a lot of money for Greg and he was still lingering about with that injury and we knew he was not 100% and 
And he cost us quite a lot of games last season, one being the Raiders. I was at that game last season. And, yep. I, and, the, and I believe it was the Bucks season opener last year as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I, so, I think, I mean, he, he potentially stopped us being the number one seed last year. Yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- those two those two games alone, and I think there was but, other games where, we, you know, we certainly finished. Uh, uh, we certainly in most of the games we 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 lost by less than seven points, and you know, invariably Greg had missed the, missed a kick in those games. Um, yeah, I mean, just well, I'll tell you what though, just to bring up Elizabeth's point, and thank you for the comment, Elizabeth, much appreciated. Like she did mention, like didn't give him enough time to heal from the surgery. I do agree with that. Like, we should never have put him in, in that position in the first place. We should have had someone else to come in and do the job, really. Yeah. Because it was a risk factor. So I do feel bad for Greg in a way, but he is 100% now, as of right now, and he's still producing missed kicks like that. So I'm kind of glad we didn't retain him and we let him go and we brought someone else. Even though our off-season and during training camp fiasco at camp comes to Castles has been an absolute disaster, but, and it's so bizarre for me to say this, we may actually do have the best solution right in front of us, and that is, yep. and I'm I'm crazy to say this, but Brett Maher could be that guy. And I think what the Cowboy, the way Cowboys, you know, obviously they were much maligned that, we didn't even have a kicker on the 53. We were having to elevate the kicker as a practice squad um, mm-hmm. elevation. But yep. by even having him on the practice squad for that first week, by the time that we've we've now elevated him to 53, but under the rules, because he was a he wasn't on the 53 for that first week, we could now he could have an absolute stinker and we decide that we're gonna move on and pick somebody else up. And we're not guaranteeing him his salary for the entire year. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, and if anybody's had a look at over the cap recently, um, you know, obviously m- middle of the uh, preseason when we were all talking, the Cowboys had 20 million under, we were 20 million under the cap and we had all this cap room. As soon as, the, as, soon as you go to the regular season, the, the way they calculate the formula changes We've actually only, we're only about eleven million under the cap now, so we are still needing to. Uh, and you're, you're going to be talking about bringing guys in as replacements. Yeah, and and, and that is going you. to be a guarantee. And, we're we're guarantee there's going to be like especially like like said the old line like if one of the other guys was to fall down, we might not have enough boys to bring in backups. So we may have to make a trade somewhere to bring someone in. Who knows? And that will affect yep. the cap, like depending who you bring in, but. On that note, let's finally jump into the fantasy lounge. I'm actually quite excited about this one, actually. Yeah, let's go. Because this is very, I've got the stats here and it's very interesting. So with that further ado, let's go to the fantasy lounge. Okay, folks, so this is now your time to get involved. So I'm going to bring up the statistics up right here. Well, not the statistics, the actual projections of the players that has been selected for this game um based on nfl.com scoring and let me know what your thoughts are in terms of who is going to be there uh what you think so cooper rush is 14 fantasy points 
CQ Elliott's 12, Tony Parler's 10, Lamb is 10, No Brown 6, Daniel Jones is 15, Barkley is 15, Richie James is 6, and Sterling Shepard is 9. So, let me so, so, right. so, guys, back home. So, all we need you guys to do is give us either a higher or a lower, or you can say boy, oh boy, or oh boy. So, wherever way, so boy, oh boy means higher, oh boy means lower, but you can either say higher or lower. It's, it's entirely up to yourself. But, but anyway, we'll start with, like I said, Cooper Rush, who is on 14 fantasy points. Right. I think and, uh, oh, oh, before good. you do before you say anything, Lauren, I will be taking note of our little um league here. So yep. I'll be recording everything so Mike's got a record of it as well. So that's fine. That. That's fine. I don't mind being on record. I think for so Cooper Rush, 14 points, you said. I think that's gonna be higher this week. Um okay. well, I, I've got faith, I've got faith in him. My scoreline for this week is 28-13 Cowboys. I think it is going to be a double-digit oh, we'll, we'll, win. We'll, we'll do so the score predictions we'll, after. We'll come back yeah. to that, but I think it is going to be a double-digit win, and I think it is going to be two, mm. touchdowns, two touchdowns by the 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 run offense. I think we'll get another couple of passing touchdowns. So I think I think that bodes that it's going to be higher. Okay, so we've had a couple of comments in coming in already. Joe is saying higher and Steve is saying higher, which is good. I am going to also say higher as well. So I I was kind of thinking if they mentioned maybe the 16 to 17 mark, I would have said level, but I think but I think 14 is a little bit too low. So I am definitely going to say higher. So yeah, I mean, he, he was he was about fifteen and a half last week. I think yeah. on one of the one of the fantasy teams I was on. I don't know if it's the same scoring, but mm. um, yeah, that that would suggest it's it is higher. So yep. So next up we have Ezekiel Elliott on twelve fantasy points. Um, this is a tough one because obviously the past couple of games Zeke's kind of averaged about 50 to 60 yards per game with no touchdowns to kind of show for it so he is on average between like between um five like 5.6 points per game essentially yeah so um already joe's coming in uh, so no joe uh steve is coming in already going higher uh for ezekiel elliott um what about yourself lauren I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he gets one of the touchdowns and he probably gets about fifty to seventy yards on the okay. ground. A little wow. bit on the little bit through the air. So again I'm gonna go higher. Okay, and uh, Joe but Joe I I uh, finally comments and and Aisha says way higher on that <laughs> scenario. Um I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go the opposite direction on this one. Um, and it's not because of Zeke. I think it's more down to Kellen Moore's game plan more than anything. I think it's going to be more on Tony Pollard in this game because of the speed factor. With their de- like, because with their offensive line, sorry, defensive line, kind of lacking and stuff like that. But you know, it's 
it could, but I will say lower, but I hope I'm proven wrong. I really do. So I'm going to say lower for Zeke in this one. I think it's going to be like maybe like 45 yards, no touchdowns. He's just basically going to run down that defense. Then it's going to be a pass to like some Noah Brown or something like that, then score. So I think that's the kind of system we're going to expect to see. Um, but yeah, Joe's made the comment <laughs> saying Kellen Moore will probably make it lower. So that so you can understand where I'm coming from with this one, Joe. So you can see um Elizabeth comes in higher. I agree with Lauren. Awesome. So but yeah, so so two highs for Lauren and one high and one low for myself. Okay, so now we talked about Ezekiel earlier. Tony Pollard, 10 fantasy points. Higher or lower? I, it's a tough one. It it's is. A, it's a tough one. It is, but given given that I said we're going to get a couple of rushing touchdowns, um, right. I'm I'm going to go higher on that one as well. Yeah. Only just higher. I don't think it's push, but I think it's you're probably yeah. talking twelve to thirteen points. I yeah, as 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 the ballpark, I'm thinking because I can see Tony getting maybe sixty yards. Well, between 50 to 60 yards and a touchdown, I think. Yep. So I'm going to say higher in that scenario as well. We do have from Steve, he's going even. He thinks that's that's a fair split. And I and that's a fair uh, and yeah, totally fair. Um Joe comes in with higher, which is great. Um he thinks Tony Parr's gonna go higher. Um so yeah, um uh, we're both gonna go high in that one. So I'll yep. take a wee note of that. Here's the next one. CD Lamb. 10 points. CD Lamb, 10 points. So Lamb had, what, was it five receptions, 60 yards last week? Give or take, yeah. Yep. So that's, what, two and a half points plus the six. That was eight. Go on, I'll go push on that one, I think. Even push, okay. And you're not the only one. Steve has also went even in that one as well. So we've got we've actually got two pushes on CD Lamb because that is quite a hard one. And I tend to agree. I think and and even Joe is on the board. I think we're all I think we're all in agreement that like CD Lamb on 10 fantasy points is kind of let's see, we're gonna be a hundred yards. Or it's going to be like a 40 yards and a touchdown, which makes up your 10 points. So I think that's pretty fair. So if Lamb was to get a touchdown and 40 yards, then you've got your 10 points. But uh, but I'm just trying to think how that works. So I think it's between if it's 9.5 and above or 10 and, and below 10.5, that becomes even. So you use the yep. half measures. If it's within that region, it becomes even. So... That's how it tends to work. So we've got an even here, and we've got an even, uh, even for Lorne. Okay, next we have Noah Brown on six fantasy points. I know, ex I am going to say this from the get go. That is a higher, without a shadow of a doubt, higher. Yep. Like. Yep. Like. When you really saw that the chemistry that Noah Brown and a uh, Cooper Rush had in that game, it has to be higher. It has yeah. to be like it's, he was pretty much the primary target for that game for Cooper Rush. So, 
I don't know what, what everyone else is thinking. Oh, oh, Craig, the comments are flying in right now. So Steve's <laughs> went higher, Joe has went higher, and Elizabeth has went higher. So we've got four highs in a row. Lauren, are you going yep. to make five, make it five in a row? I am, and if nothing else, if Michael Gallup's back as well, that's going to that's going to take the top of the defense. You got C.D. Lamb who can do it all, and then you've got Noah Brown who will be the unnoticed guy. Even though he, he, you know, he had a statement game there against the Bengals, I think, um, you know, he'll be he'll be the third receiver this week if Gallup plays, and I think you know that's that's going to be easy to beat six points. Well, now that you mentioned Gallup, and, and, and I'm surprised we didn't actually mention this during the offense, it's like the potential return of Michael Gallup for this game. I'm surprised we didn't even mention that, so we do apologize about that. But I do have Michael Gallup's fantasy projections here, and and it's not on the board, so you are seeing it yeah. firsthand uh, when I announce it. He's been projected to go for nine fantasy points. Nine. Nine Point zero nine to be exact. I would say it's I'd say it's even on that one. I would go with that. I am going to say lower in that scenario because we don't want to rush him into the game too much. I think we still want to uh, give the ball more to Brown. Like we want, we don't want to. It's the same with the whole triple thing for the Giants. I think we will just use him when we really need to. I don't think he's going to break out any big massive plays, but he's just there on the field to kind of keep the defense just thinking essentially. Um, uh, so let's see the comments. So we've got Steve on lower. Elizabeth has went even, and Joe says lower. I don't believe he will. He won't see the field, which is a fair point. Absolutely fair point. Um, so we, I went lower. Did you say even? I said or? even. Yeah. So we're either lower or even. So, uh, I'm, <laughs> as, as I'm as I'm writing our score sheets right now, because I'm I'm writing L for loss. Uh, so L for lower, H for high. And E for even, and the way how yours is marked out, it's like he he. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so okay, so I think we've. I won't do Dalton Schultz because I think we've covered enough of the Cowboys' offense. We'll leave yeah. him out. So we do want to kind of target some of the uh, the the Giants players right now. So as of right now, I've got Daniel Jones here on fifteen fantasy points. Fifteen. I can't against this past defense. I can't see it myself. I'm going yep. lower on that one. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Um, guys, watching right now, what do you think? Daniel Jones high or Daniel Jones low? Okay, Joe has got his. Yep, the comments are coming in, and yep. it's it's <laughs> it's lower. It's definitely lower. <laughs> Joe's went lower. Steve went lower. Um, any more comments before we move on? Elizabeth has came through and she's saying lower. Okay. Okay, we've we've got lower uh two lows, and that's your first low of this series, Lauren. Everything's been yeah. highs and evens. Um 
Okay, Saquon Barkley, 15 fantasy points also. Given that he has been a threat both in the passing game and as yeah, a... Yeah, and that's, a, that's, that's another thing as well. It's not just rushing yards. There's receiving yards as well. And he and, he, and don't forget, um, Saquon Barkley is the third-ranked wide receiver in terms of stats for the Giants with 46 <laughs> yards. Mate of that, whatever you will, ladies and gentlemen. I... Yeah, I'm going to go higher. I don't. I see the comments are coming in that we reckon it's uh, even it's spread, either yeah. lower or even. I'm oh, going and higher. Elizabeth, yep, Elizabeth has went higher. Yep. Yeah, I'm going higher. Just purely, I think it's going to be 18, 19. I don't think it's going to be 15, 16. I think it is going to be a little bit higher, but I don't think he's going to blow it out the park and go 25 or anything like that. Mm, so. Okay. Right, well, so you're going higher. Yep. For myself, I'm going to say lower. Because <laughs> I have I have faith in this defensive front seven. I have so much faith in it. Like, and also, like, you need to think about this X factor. That is Donovan Wilson. I think he's yep. going to be the X factor in this game when it comes to if he's running downfield to meet Saquon Barkley, he's going to look to strip that ball and make him fumble. And that will give him negative points if he does fumble as well. So I'm thinking from the, that perspective. There, there is. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sort of basing it on, say, six, 60 yards rushing, cup if 20, 30 yards of um, passes, um, however many receptions that is as well that he, he takes to get those. And you know maybe one touchdown as well. Um, no. So that's that's why I'm going. It's just slightly higher, but mm-hmm. we'll see how well, it goes. Okay. Well, we'll quickly get the over the last two done on the road. So there, there's been t- ten names we mentioned. Well, well, there's going to be a total of ten names we're going to mention tonight. There's two left, and we'll do Sterling Shepherd on nine fantasy points. I don't, I don't see it happening. To be honest, mm. um, I'll go lower on that one. I will tend to agree with you, uh, my friend. Guys, what do you think, Sterling Shepherd, higher or lower? And so, Joe, as Cameron, went interesting. He's went higher. Very interesting. Mm. I'll, very interesting. Steve's um, got. Steve's gone even. Steve's went even. Yes, he has. And if. Elizabeth, if you're still there, we would like to know what your thoughts are on Instel and Shepherd. And anyone else is watching right now. If you've just joined in, you're actually near the end of the stream just shortly, but we would like to know what you think. Uh, but we'll, we'll let you create the comment in eventually, but we will move on to the next player. Um, so, and the final player we're going to talk tonight, talk about tonight is Richie James, the the leading wide receiver for the New York Giants, he's only projected to score six fantasy points. He's the leading receiver. I would say that. that I'd say it's even. He's go- Again, I'll go slightly high, slightly higher than even. So I'll go higher, but um, okay. 
I'm gonna go even in that one because when you really, I'm just basing it purely on average. Because 110 yards divided by two, that's roughly about 55 points. So that's 5.5 points. So um, it's in that region ballpark of being even. So I'm gonna say even in that one. Right. Okay. So um, do we have any more? Um, Steve's went higher, and Joe has went higher. All right. Okay. Well. With that being said, that wraps up the Fantasy Lounge and... And your score for this week, Paul. Uh, oh, yes, I forgot about the score. So, yes, guys, get your final score predictions in, guys. Thank you for reminding me, Lauren. <laughs> um, without further ado, what do you think, Lauren? What do you think the score's going to be? So, uh, as I said, I think it's going to be a double-digit win for us. I think it's going to be 28 17. 28-17 for the Cowboys. Oh. Okay. Um, let me see. Um, we've got Steve coming in uh, and Joe coming in with their scores. Joe's went with Dallas 30, New York Giants 22, and Steve's went 20 to 17. Cowboys winning overtime. Oh no, don't do that to me, Steve. No, please don't. No, no, no overtimes. Please I've, I've no seen for, enough the, for overtime the love games of humanity. For the love of our hairlines, no more overtimes, please. <laughs> um, if, if you have any more score predictions, please get them in. Um, I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree, I find it's going to be a double-digit score, but I'm going to go Cowboys 34, Giants 14. We're going to win by 20 points. Sounds good. Yep. I'll take it. But, oh, and Elizabeth's coming with oh, 20. Oh, there we go. 28-20. Elizabeth's coming with the 28-20 Cowboys. Much appreciated with the comments, folks. Like Mike always says, he has, in case anyone's wondering, Mike is currently on holiday. He's going to be kicking his feet up with the family. And as you may notice, I'm actually hosting here tonight. So, but you will come back and see us on Tuesday for the post-game show. But before we go, we need to give a big shout-out to our sponsors and our good friends, our fellow content creators, as you can see here on the screen. The guys from Talking Cowboys, which we had uh, Rob Phillips on Tuesday there. Um, we've got all the likes of uh, SB Nation, all the blogging the boys with RG Ocha and everybody. You can catch myself on there with Mike Murray for the Wolves team. We've got Law Nation... Uh, Jay Tuck, a good friend of our show everybody please go and check everybody out, they do an amazing content, please go and check them out and finally, big shout out to our sponsor Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet, stadium tours, game tickets and tailgating experience if you've not travelled with Cowboys Experience we do highly recommend it and we do have provide you a discount code which is UK Cowboys. all you need to do is mention UK Cowboys and Lauren, what do you do if you get mentioned UK Cowboys? You get free stuff and you get free chocolate pudding as well. Chocolate well, pudding, not well, <laughs> maybe not so much in the chocolate pudding, but you'll get a lot of free goodies when you use the package deal. And and saying that about a package deal for next year for our UK Cowboys fans group, we do offer a travel package for next seat for next year, in courtesy of Cowboys Experience which includes game tickets, tours, the meet and greets, the whole shebang. And and when we say 
what else is included there's a, possibly a good college football game included and much much more so yep. be sure to go and check out our facebook page for more details or contact Cowboys experience for more further information but with that being said it's a good night for me it's a good night for lauren lauren would you like to yeah. uh, say goodbye for us and we'll call it a night yeah so have a good have a good weekend folks go cowboys um i'll be watching high school football on friday night college football saturday nfl sunday and a little bit on monday stroke tuesday as well so it's it's a it's a long weekend for me we can't complain football is actually back pretty much nearly every day we're talking about it what number hours but anyway guys we hope you enjoy the show and hopefully we'll get that dub and we will see you guys on tuesday go cowboys go cowboys